0: очень много женщин, которые просто в ступоре.
1: A lot of women are just like they're, they're, they're locked. they they don't know what to do. They're just frozen.
2: И они не реагируют ни на что. А у неё трое детей, и And she doesn't
1: react to she doesn't shock. Yeah, real shock.
2: то есть и каждый день это их всё больше there's и
1: more of them, больше,
2: А ночью это вообще тут
1: просто апокалипсис.
3: Welcome back to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from Dr. Natasha, a Ukrainian doctor at the train station in Lviv. She's been working constantly, basically by herself, to help displaced people as they get off the packed trains coming in from areas after bombardment in eastern Ukraine, This is why Samaritan's Purse has come to Ukraine, to relieve the overwhelming amount of suffering. And today, our team wants to take you on the ground for the first 72 hours on the Ukraine border so that you can hear what our team is witnessing, what the situation is like on the ground, and how the church is loving their neighbor. Come with me to the beginning of our response as our Vice President of Programs and Government Relations, Ken Isaacs, reminds our team of the story of the Good Samaritan and why we've come to help.
4: Jesus said, go and do likewise. So that's what we're doing today. And um, uh, Sasha just mentioned the thousands of people that you'll see. They're in a ditch. And uh, their entire country behind them is being destroyed. Be very sensitive of that, but also be cognate that God has given us a sacred opportunity. Let's do the best that we can with it in Jesus' name. So I pray God's blessings and safety on all of you. I'm so grateful that you're here. Uh, We're a wonderful team. It's assembled. We do not know what the future will bring, but whatever happens, let us glorify the Lord. Do it in His name.
3: Earlier that morning, Melissa, our correspondent, had the opportunity to talk to Ken as they drove to
5: devotions. So it's a little after 6 a.m., In Poland, the sun is just barely coming up, though you wouldn't be able to tell because it's gray skies, bleak, cold. I'm in the car with Ken Isaacs, our vice president of programs and government relations. Kenny, how are you feeling this morning?
4: Well, it's early in the morning, and um, I think we're all tired because the days have been long. The sun hasn't fully come up. And uh, it's going to be a long trip. I'm looking forward to getting into Ukraine. I'm looking forward to seeing the 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 team go there for the first time and see the site. And um, we'll make progress today. We'll learn a lot today. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to today with anticipation in a positive way. It's a good day. Um, The team was planning last night. uh, You know how to lay out the hospital, the site that we have, and how the electricity is going to work, how the water is going to work. Uh, interfacing with the local community had a bajillion technical questions that were way beyond my expertise. And um, uh, but, but I can see their minds going. So they had this sort of natural uh, and going. They want to get there. They want to get to work.
5: Now, we are going across the border today. And you've been already over there. Can you describe some of what you've already seen over there?
4: <clears throat> well, the uh, the actual border crossing going in is not horrible. It, it's there's some chaos involved, and um, a part of that is just the magnitude of people that are coming out. The the systems, the checking of the, and you got two countries, right? So each one has its own procedures for crossing the border. And uh, but uh, we will get through. We will see today. Uh, going in, thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming out. We'll see thousands of cars that have been abandoned. And uh, we'll be driving, uh, like, not with a whole lot of vehicles on our side of the road, because they're all on the other side of the road, which is coming out. The team is going to see that sea of humanity. Then uh, you realize, oh, this is a war zone. Like, it, it, it's not, it's real war zone. So um, I think there's a little bit of a sombering effect there when you go through it, but um, um, I, I know that our folks are focused on on helping people. They want to be there where the need is. Uh, we're running to the fire
3: right after devotions. The team loaded up to cross the border into Ukraine, and we've all seen the images: people waiting in line for days to cross the border. It's heartbreaking. In the freezing cold, people are standing and waiting for days. I want you to hear my husband, Edward, as he shares his thoughts coming up to the Poland-Ukraine border.
0: But you're watching Ukrainians come go to the Polish side, but there's husbands, boyfriends, they're bringing um, their families up and their girlfriends up and they're walking up to this gate only to see the women start crying and breaking up because they know their their loved ones going to turn around the men have to go back they can't come across and so kids were upset and crying so what you're looking at is you know a country has been invaded um, the men are delivering, trying to get their families and their wives to safety and then they have to go back and fight and uh, it is something that the rest of the world doesn't understand or can appreciate right now, but it just it's amazing to know that just a few weeks ago, life was normal here. And all that's changed for him now. And uh, how quick our own lives could change, even back home, but it makes it very real for you. There's nothing I can do about the evil that's happened, or the evil that's ongoing, and the evil that will happen. All we can do is make a difference um, with individuals. And I think that's, uh, that's why God calls us here and gives us this opportunity to love our neighbor. Those in the ditch, these are the people. So see, the, the people we see coming up to this, this border right now, they're in the ditch of life. There is no better explanation of it. So um, we have a unique opportunity.
3: I can't even imagine what it's like to say goodbye to your family at the border when just weeks prior, life was completely normal. I mean, last month, these men were doing what they loved. They were teachers, electricians, mechanics. And today, they're putting their family on a train headed west, or they're walking them to the border and kissing them goodbye, turning around, headed back to protect their country. Lives and families have literally been torn apart. And it's difficult to watch, and after this difficult and long journey into Ukraine, the disaster assistance response team got right to work. They were energized and motivated after seeing what they'd seen to set up the emergency field hospital quickly. We're working on a full episode of that soon, uh, but for now, we want you to hear some of the observations and interviews that our team had with the Ukrainian people. The team worked really late into the night, and they started back early the next morning. And the next day, some of our team members had the chance to meet with our church partners in Lviv. These churches, like many others, have opened their doors to the overwhelming number of displaced people flooding into their city. Here's what one of the church leaders had to say about showing mercy to their neighbors. And why did the
5: church decide to open... Your doors this yeah. way to
1: these people. Oh, every uh, uh, every church opened the door. Every Pentecostal baptism church has opened the doors. And also some people uh, doing the same, and traditional churches some doing the same, but mostly evangelicals, they open all the doors for people. Because we have to be mercy to the people. We have to give mercy. It's it's people who run from the heart. Hard areas.
5: So uh, as you are opening your doors and this is a very stressful situation for you and for your church members,
1: yes. What
5: is the what is the word of God? How is that helping to keep you encouraged?
1: Yeah, it it is quite hard because many cell calls, many people come, many problems and it is quite hard also. We, are, we, are in, we don't feel safety here, too, because in some areas was under bombing. But in this big crowd, we don't think too much about ourselves and how we feel. Especially in nighttime, it's a little hard. Emotionally, it's broken.
5: Um, is there a Bible uh, verse or a Bible story that you think about that helps you stay together? Yeah,
1: I read the Bible every day now and uh, some special words it's many bu- biblical words in in the bible about mercy and help to the people who run and the uh, refuges it is one of the uh, sensitive people and we have to help uh, them we read them many times that uh, that widows, uh, orphans, refugees, poor people, they are uh, social uh, people who have social needs we have to be especially in, uh, need to have special mercy to them.
3: This is just one of the many churches that are opening their doors and inviting people in. As people travel, you know, they need a stopping point. They need a hot shower and a warm meal and a place to to sleep and lay their heads before they continue on in their travels. And that is what the churches are doing. And even though their city could be next, you know, in these churches, uh, they, they have that fear looming over them. They use every day they have for the glory of God. And they just made me think of uh, this passage in Colossians 1. And I just pray over them because they are truly walking worthy. They're being strengthened in God's power and having great patience, joyfully serving people that are coming in their doors. So Colossians 1, 9 through 14 says, "'For this reason also, since the day we heard this, "'we haven't stopped praying for you. "'We are asking that you be filled "'with the knowledge of His will "'in all wisdom and spiritual understanding "'so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, "'fully pleasing to Him, "'bearing fruit in every good work,' growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the saints and inheritance in His light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so be praying over that. Be praying over our church partners. And While Melissa, our correspondence, was in this particular church, she was also able to speak with Eva. Eva came through the doors uh, that day after a long journey. She's traveling alone with her three children as her husband had to stay back to fight. She got off the train here in Lviv and she shared what it was like
2: on the trains trying to get out of eastern Ukraine. And it was just three times as many people in the train that there's actually place for it so there's these small beds in the train these really small beds and there was two two to three people on each bed in the just lying there and in our train car there was like 20 babies and screaming a lot of screaming a lot of crying a lot of really tired moms no oxygen at all it was so hot, so we are all really, really dirty. Um, so we are driving and the train is pretty much dark because they tell you, um, so it won't be visible from the air. And then there were several times with um, air raid sirens. So the, the train would just go really dark and they tell us, to turn off your phones because they can actually figure that out too. If there's a lot of turned on phones in one place, that can be a signal. So they tell you to turn it off. Um, yeah, it was really scary.
3: Once she and her kids got to the train station, they stepped out onto the platform to a
2: mass panic. There was almost a panic, people just coming in the train. And so we were just standing there like, like sardines We had to leave all our husbands, because they don't take any men on the trains, only children and women. We haven't slept, because we were in the train all night. got to the station, and there's this huge line, I mean, thousands of people, let's go outside, it was like freezing temperatures and there's just thousands of people standing in line for the next train west, and I don't know how many of them is are going to be, where they are going. And so, yeah, it was kind of overwhelming after already a long journey, but we decided to just stand in line. So one of us would stand in line while the other would take care, others would take care of the children in the warmth of the train station, and then we just change. And so we stood in line for eight hours outside.
5: Well, I know I can see, and please forgive me, you're a beautiful person, a beautiful woman, beautiful face, but I see the fatigue in your eyes, and uh, I'm sure this has been incredibly emotional for you as well. I mean, it's the, the actual fatigue of not sleeping, right? But then it's also... All of the emotions that you're wearing on your shoulder right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I said I. Hardest thing was, of course, leaving our fo- my husband, leaving my f- our father, at home, and we just said, We have to, as a parents, that's that's our first responsibility. We have to get the kids to safety. Then telling the children, I was so hard. And knowing you just can't when you if you start to cry you won't be able to function anymore. So I I took all my emotions and I put them in this ball and it's right down there in in my stomach, I can feel it, so no time now to go apart. I actually, I just came off that train with all these women. I have to say, God, women are so strong, just warriors, women are warriors. I've seen them, we were standing in line in Dnipro and just seeing, family after family, just daddies kissing their wives, kissing their children and turning away. Just hours after hours just seeing that going on all over. It's just beyond heartbreaking. So, yeah. We know we're in God's hands. We've seen a lot of His provision during all this trip. And at the time before, how He leads us, how He tells us what to do. And we're just going to have to, yeah, kind of have to keep... Um, trusting him, and I know I have this picture with when Moses was too tired to keep his hands up, so he had um, his helpers. I think it was Aaron helping him, and so that's kind of what I sent to all my friends. I'm like, right now it's gonna be your turn, and I'm gonna get some sleep, and then I'll be able to help 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 hold my hands up and find my trust again. But yeah, all the prayers from all the people around the world have been keeping us safe, and getting us through it. Our
3: teams actually had the chance to assess the situation at the train station. Up to 65,000 people are arriving here from eastern Ukraine each day, and that number is growing by the minute. At the very beginning of this episode, we'd heard from Dr. Natasha, and I'm happy to say that Samaritan's Purse has committed to help her, and they started setting up a medical clinic at the station early the next morning. If you're like me, you wanna be there, you wanna help in a tangible way. I just wish I could ride the train and help these weary mamas hold a crying baby and just help them in a tangible way. Melissa paints a vivid picture with her words of what it was like to walk up to the train station, a desperate stream of humanity.
5: So we're walking through the city of Lviv, Uh, walking towards the train station where many of the refugees from the other part of the country are coming here. Um, It's just amazing as we walk through to see, uh, first of all, it's a beautiful city. It's one of the few, if not the only city in Ukraine that was not uh, completely destroyed in World War II. So There is still a lot of the old architecture that you can see everywhere. Um, The city center that we went to this morning uh, even had more than that. There are some cobblestone streets and it's very charming. Uh, At the same time, there's a lot of modern conveniences and little shops and uh, places that you could pick up and transport to any place in the United States and it wouldn't seem out of place. Uh, Cell phone shops and and that kind of thing. There are, of course, still uh, signs that things are not as they should be here. There are... I just walked past three Ukrainian soldiers with... uh, Well, they were well-armed. And... uh, it's uh clear that people are a bit on edge even as they try to live their lives as best they can and keep things normal um as we're getting closer to the train station it's oh it's a beautiful old building um with uh these incredible statues uh on the building a domed roof um, quite stately, um, and out of it is pouring, just pouring a stream of humanity, um, folks that are just walking in a straight line down the sidewalk, um, and I can't help but wonder if they, um, if they know where they're going, if they know what their next stop is, or if they've just gotten off the train and chosen to walk and hope for the best.
3: Edward Graham and Dr. Elliot Tenpenny, who you heard in our last episode, stood next to Melissa and conveyed how desperate the situation is.
5: It feels like going back in time a little bit, doesn't it? It really does. It makes me, these are like the pictures we saw of World War II and all the refugees that came out. People huddled around barrels with fires with big chunks of wood, just trying to stay warm. I imagine they'll be here all night long. It's freezing cold. The temperature is... It's not even sunset yet. Look, they're loading up all the wood, the wood shavings and the pieces to keep the fires going all night.
0: Well, you're looking at the largest migration in Europe since Adolf Hitler. And to see people coming here with rolling out of the train station with just their bags on there, they can carry, the kids, mostly women and kids, but as they're unloading wood here to burn on old Russian-style military cook trailers making soup for those that are hungry. It's cold, it's snowing right now. I couldn't imagine if this was my family and you had no certainty on the future and what's next. Scared, um, I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. And I'd be scared, it'd be bleak. Um, but what's amazing is you see people helping people here, and people are working to love and serve their neighbors, and that's the encouragement. Even during so much great loss and turmoil in their country, this country is loving their neighbors. And I saw today with the church. The church here is being in the church, loving those, um, that are displaced. But what happens when the war comes here? It's my prayer for peace.
3: It's easy to get hopeless in this situation. In times, I just am, am speechless and don't know what to say or do. But I love Corey Ten Boone's quote that says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you will be at rest. And this is what we're witnessing from the church in Ukraine. And I hope you're encouraged hearing some of these updates and stories. They truly are resting in God alone. Their hope comes from Him and their salvation and glory depend on God. And I just want to read a passage that we can just pray over our brothers and sisters in Ukraine as we pray for discernment and wisdom for the church and for Samaritan's Purse teams on the ground. Isaiah 43 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And so continue praying uh, for the people of Ukraine. And if you wanna hear more stories that aren't on the podcast or behind the scene photos, follow us on Instagram at onthegroundsp. Thank you for tuning in and God bless you.